Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. Are you ready to yogance with Kachira today? This dancer turned yogi is honestly one of the most energetically charged women I have ever met in my life. Tamara Levinson is the founder and creator of Yogance and the Instagram personality who's inspiring millions of women worldwide to be you to the full. I've had the pleasure of knowing Tamara now for the last two years and every time we reconnect, her passion reignites my desire to press my creativity to its max. Be prepared to be fully immersed in the beauty of her passion as she guides us through her roots of dance that have led her to her passion of yogance. I'm a full throttle kind of girl. I feel fear and I go, whoa, hold up. Is that fear? Let's go. You know, fear is super exciting. Fear tests you. Fear is there as a test. It's not there to run away from. Fear is there to go, oh, snap, really? Let me challenge you. Let me see what you got. Stop listening to everything the world tells you and start listening to yourself. You know all the answers are deep inside of you. You just got to believe them. So like I always say, be you to full. Be beautiful. Always be you, first and foremost. Tap into your creative spark as Kachira shines a light for us in the dark on this exciting episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with Yogan's creator, Tamara Levinson, a.k.a. Kachira. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. And I am super excited today because I have the <laughs> Yogan's creator herself, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Kachira. That's right. How What's are up, you? Y'all? I'm good. How's your day been? It's been lovely, thank you. How do you like Venice? I actually like Venice a lot. Like I told you, I want to kind of move over this way. Yeah? But that's not going to happen. West Hollywood? As far, isn't it? Oh my goodness. No, but now I'm in Studio City. Oh, that's what's up. So if you guys want to come by (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I moved. That's what's up. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because I've known you now for at least two years. Yeah, it's been a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, from back in the day when I would come by your house mm-hmm. and get those really awesome poche pants That's that right. everyone still asks me about. This. Do they, well, you wear them all the time. I love them. I know, they're and great. That, that's just to say how quality they are, is that I still wear them to this day, and oh, they thanks. are absolutely amazing. Thanks, Andrew. AKA, get them back, and <laughs> I need some more. Like, come on, what's going on? I know, I know, I know. It's a That's a whole other project, though, um, in the future, when I have my clothing line. Yeah, but really I think the beauty of our relationship is that every single time that I see you, it's still that same authenticity. And I I really am excited about this episode specifically because you have so much to share. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, out of a lot of the people that I've talked to, I feel that um, you're definitely one of the most unique people that we've had on the podcast thus far. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. So we like to start off the Yoga Revealed podcast with how yoga was first revealed to you. Oh, <laughs> you, I'll give you the shortened story so the podcast is only like five hours long. Um, basically, I was a rhythmic gymnast growing up and um, at some point someone said to me like, oh, you'd be great at yoga, which is now such a weird concept, like who's great at yoga? That's not what it's about, right? But I was like, all right, I'll go try yoga and um, went into class and I didn't really get it. I just did the physicality of it, you know, mm-hmm. the asana, and I was like, but this was easy for me because I was a rhythmic gymnast, I was an Olympian. Like, to fold in half was what I did naturally. Mm-hmm. So I totally didn't get it, and I was like, ugh, don't like this. And then I didn't touch yoga for many, many years. And then when I retired from the sport, which I know sounds funny to say that you retired from a sport at, like, age 18 or 19, <laughs> but that's what it felt like, you know, an epic journey. Um... I needed something, I was searching for something more, and I knew, like, movement was, was like, my vocabulary, you know? Mm-hmm. So I tried yoga again, and um, I found a teacher that was really real, and by real, I just meant spoke the language that I knew, right? So instead of going off into this whole spiritual content of vocabulary, which wasn't familiar to me, he spoke real stuff. Like, mm-hmm. he cursed in class. He was like, come on, y'all, get down! And was like, almost like a motivator. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm starting to get this. And I still didn't get it, still didn't get it, though, but I, I started to sprinkle in it. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to L.A., when I left, you know, what I was doing, because I lived in New York prior to, um, I was a little older, and I was looking for something greater again deeper and so again yoga came up I was like god why, what is it that I'm not getting and um that's when I found Ella Kujukaro wow. and I started going to her and she was also an Olympian like me mm-hmm. um and a gymnast like me and you know I trained in Russia how'd you hear about Ella some yeah so this psychic woman that was going to another yoga class that I was going to that I kind of was liking but it still wasn't clicking she said to me she was like, you should go to Ella's class. There's something about her and you that like will mesh. And when I found Ella, I for some reason it clicked. And just to give our podcast listeners a little idea as to who Ella is, um, I met Ella when I first moved to um, North Hollywood from Seattle. And she was one of the first yogis whose classes I went to. Mm-hmm. And in my very first class, she looked around And, you know, the class had already started. I think that we were actually in child's pose. And she was like, is that, is that Andrew Seven (laughs) Seeley? Did she? Yeah, because we had connected on um, Instagram and we both had admired one another's practice so much. And I was literally like, as soon as I get to California, I'm going to this lady's class because her practice is ridiculous. Yeah absolutely outstanding and her depth of knowledge of yoga is absolutely beautiful as well Mm -hmm. so I knew that I had to go to her class and it's so beautiful that you also were drawn to her class yeah so she's the one that kind of because we spoke that same gymnastics language but we were both seeking like seeking for something deeper in that yoga realm Mm -hmm. I think she's the one that I was like all right cool so between her and my New York guy Wesley I think that was like, all right, I'm getting the yoga thing. I get it. Mm-hmm. And what about these teachers felt so, um, what about their language made it so relatable? They were real. They were real. I mean, like, I haven't, you know, everybody responds to a different language. So it's not like any language is right or wrong. You know me, I hate labels. I hate right or wrong. I hate all of that. What I love is openness. Mm-hmm. And But for some reason, their language spoke to me. It felt open. It felt real. They were saying words that I understood. um, And they were also allowing me to be who I was. And that was a big deal. And in a class like that, what do you feel differs from the regular old yoga class that you may go to at Core Power Yoga or Yoga Works or wherever it is? Yeah. What do you feel is the difference between a real yoga class where you actually feel that connection with a teacher Mm -hmm. and another yoga class where you may just be going through, you know, the asanas and just at the end, you know, you get out of class and you're like, okay, that was whatever. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I actually don't mind any of it. I've come to, you know, and my perspective on this has changed. It continues to change because I used to be like, wait, I don't get it. But now 
I kind of like it all. Um, I think because all of it speaks to depending what kind of person you are and what you're looking for at that moment. You know what I mean? So I'm cool with all of it. And at that moment, Ella spoke to me. At that moment, my my teacher, Wesley, spoke to me. At this moment, no teachers speak to me. I don't take class from anybody. Only my movement speaks to me. So, And that'll change tomorrow, you know? I like it all. Mm-hmm. I like it all, and sometimes I don't like it all. And all of that is good, you know? So it's just a flow. It's almost yeah. like that your outside environment is contingent upon your inside perspective. Totally, exactly. So you're going to get from it what you're seeking at that moment, and that moment can constantly change. Who knows, tomorrow I might go to a core power class and be like, yo, that was bomb. (laughs) You know, like something shifted in me is because I was ready at that moment to hear those words or that movement or that breath or, you know, it's just, it's really all in you, isn't it? Like you just make the choices Mm -hmm. and you're just ready to hear what you want to hear at any given time. Totally. Yeah. So when was the time that your practice transformed from this, you know, gymnastic background of practice to actually understanding the physical and spiritual depth of yoga? When did it actually switch for you? That's a really good question. So when I was a gymnast, um, I competed internationally for for the United States, but I never had a mental or spiritual practice. It was always very physical. It was almost like a robot. I never learned anything outside of my physicality. And I was I think I was always searching for it without being conscious of it. So and when you trained, you never had like the idea of like I want to put more of like my own personality into this? No, because I was always my own personality. That was never a drama for me. But I was almost too much of my own personality. (laughs) But the thing was, I never thought of myself as a higher being, ever, ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was even an atheist, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it was, like, very much, I was training, I was a robot, get the job done, win the medals, compete for your team. And that worked for me to a certain point. And at one point, at some other point, I was like, okay, there has to be more than this. So that's why I kept searching. So I went to all these yoga, blah, blah, blah. Still didn't find quite that. Even though it was starting to enter me, like I told you, like with Elle, I was like, okay, there's something there, something there. It was only when I stopped taking class, I stopped listening to everyone else's voices and thoughts and ideas and rules and regulations and blah. And I put down my mat on my little patio that you've been to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? This is a question I asked myself. What is my yoga? What would my yoga look like if I didn't know anybody else's yoga? And I just started to move, and boom, yogans came about, which is the practice that I've created. Uh, it's like a yoga dance fusion, but in all reality, it's a movement meditation and movement therapy. And that's when the spirituality came, and it's like blew my freaking mind. And did the spirituality come from your own experience of yogans, meaning like your own experience of what you felt coming out in movement? Is that when the spirituality was channeled through you? Or was it something that came in like a, a distinct moment that you could remember? It was the searching of the entire thing. It was asking myself constant questions, right? So first maybe it was basic questions like, like people are like, can you teach this? So okay, how do I teach this? How do I break this movement down? What does this movement mean to me? Where is this coming from? And those questions led to deeper questions, lead to deeper questions all of a sudden my brain was like wow like a chaos <laughs> of searching and eventually all that it leads to the root of who you are I mean I could, I'm like getting chills and I could cry saying this because you have to search so deep that it literally feels like I mean I just go straight to my gut straight mm-hmm. to my pubis straight to Mulabanda. that's where it goes like bah! you know like like you want to grab your balls and be like here I am <laughs> That's how deep it felt. And all of a sudden it all came to me and I was like, oh, I understand my purpose. I understand why I'm here. I understand what I'm doing. It was the first time I ever felt that. My purpose, my full purpose. Only for me, you know what I mean? Um, So it was huge, massive, yeah. So let's talk about a little bit before you actually came to that realization. Just so that our listeners can relate with you more, Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Okay, so I was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And at age six, my parents came to America because they wanted more opportunity for their children. And um, my mom saw that I was manic, like crazy Scorpio fire woman that would probably end up in prison if they didn't do something with me. So she put me in (laughs) gymnastics. (laughs) 
And gymnastics, I got to explode and move and feel and go crazy and flip. And then at age 15, my body was just better suited for rhythmic gymnastics. So if you're not familiar with that, it's the sport with ribbon and clubs and hoops and balls. Mm-hmm. I was just naturally very flexible and naturally bendy. Um, I had the right body type for it. So, no, sorry, at 12. So at 12, a rhythmic gymnastics prone came into my artistic gymnastics gym. And I started playing with rhythmic gymnastics three years later. I, I was a national champion, so I started competing around the world, world championships. Went to the Olympics at 15 years old, which was my first international competition, which is psychotic, like that never happens. Um, and then by age 18, I was kind of done with it. Um, Did you just get burnt out? Was it? I like was a- starving to death. That's really what happened. I was so hungry because in the sport, I, it's, I hope that it's evolved now. I haven't really been up to it, but at the time that I was doing it, you had to be incredibly thin. And, um, and so Why? it's just the aesthetic of the sport. So the same way that a wrestler has to be a certain body weight or, you know what yeah, I mean? a ballerina. A ballerina has to look a certain way. It's like, if you don't look that way, you ain't going to win no medals, no matter how good you are. Wow. Um, so I was literally starving. I mean, I was dreaming of like food passing by me and I would try and grab it and it would mm. go away. I mean, it was crazy, which is fine. That... Starving is a great discipline, and I don't promote it. I do not promote starving. In yoga, we call it fasting, right? but so, it's still the same thing. Yeah. I do not promote it at all, but what it does teach you is to be grateful for what you have, and it teaches you that, I don't know, I learned a lot from it, even though I don't promote it. Don't starve yourself, kids. All right. So then... I um I did all that and by age 18 like I said I was hungry I was like I need to eat and so I moved to New York City and um I explored my life away like crazy you know I did all the things I wanted to do I ate everything every I ate everything like I think I gained like 20 pounds in a matter of two weeks I went buck wild I went to the clubs underground clubs I learned how to dance I um vogued I did like voguing competitions I was just like buck wild underground scene in New York City and um and that's how I found dance and uh and dance was a whole new world for me it was so exciting because sport is so restrictive and so conservative and there's so many rules and dance is the opposite it's like just express yourself and be free and float around the room and and at that time in New York City like Vogue was massive because Madonna had just come out with the album yeah yeah and so that community and those people really like they took me in you know we were like the rugrats the the unwanted the weirdos Mm -hmm. and um it was cool I felt like I had a home of other weirdos with me that didn't judge me and um so that whole exploration happened. It was really cool. And then I found the La Guarda en Fuerza Bruta, which is, is um, a show from Argentina. And they do all sorts of um, underground theater at the time. So that's when aerial dance was starting. They basically brought aerial dance to life. Wow. Um, so like Lyra and... Uh... No, not circus. So we're talking like harness and bungees and jumping off ceilings and oh, running up walls and yeah. like crazy rave crazy stuff Mm -hmm. um so i was in the show called de la guarda and um that took place in union square and that was a whole different world i mean i was literally like it was insane if you've never seen it google it i will it's insane what is the name again de la guarda d-e-l-a-g-u-a-r-d-a i'll check it out yeah um so then I, i had all this aerial underground dancing voguing all this kind of stuff going on and, uh, and then I went to Argentina, I went back home because I wanted to work on the other show they were doing called Fuerza Bruta, which just closed actually, and Union Square was up for 10 years. And um, it basically was a giant pool above the, the crowd that came down and up and we like slammed on it, it was like plexi. Mm-hmm. Um, or mylar is the material, it's like a sailing material. And so we would just jump and ram into it. I mean, it's hard to explain. Again, look it up. Fuerza Bruta. Okay. F-U-E-R-Z-A-B-U-T-A. Okay. Brute Force. Brute Force. Uh-huh. Wow. Very aggressive show. Um, we were like ramming through walls. I remember when we were experimenting with it, it was like a drywall. Mm-hmm. So we would run on a treadmill as fast as we could. And then there was a drywall that would come rolling really fast and you would have to break through it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was like really, really aggressive stuff. Like taking pieces of drywall and like smashing it on top of our heads and um, 
you know, crowd surfing and jump. It was crazy. So I got all that out. And uh, I felt so free. (laughs) I can just see the excitement in your face right now. It was awesome. I was like, okay, there's the beast that I am. Here she is. You know, so there was no restrictions in me at all. I was super free. And coming from such a like regulated art form, such as a sport, this felt like the completely yin yang, you know? Mm -hmm. So I knew my whole dynamic of who I was. God, I don't even know what else to say. And then after that, what happened? Then I came to LA, and that's when the whole yoga thing happened, which so at this evened time, it out. Were you dancing with different performing artists, or were you also just doing like your own kind of side gigs? What were you doing like to actually create your livelihood as a dancer? Right. So that's what I was doing, like for my fun. And then in the meantime, I was working for um, in the entertainment industry. Uh, dancing backup dancing for you know all the people that you know Madonna Rihanna Usher all, all those peeps and it wasn't fulfilling for you no that that was not fulfilling for my soul that was work so it's so interesting this is the interesting thing is that people gave me props for doing that they're like oh my god you dance for Madonna and I'm like nah 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 oh my god I'm creating my own world of art you know that's what you should be saying good job for it but it was the opposite they were saying good job for being behind an artist Mm -hmm. and I thought that was really interesting how that was misconstrued you're not congratulating me for being an artist you're congratulating me for working underneath another person but I think that's the way that our world is yeah people congratulate you for working at Google rather than starting your own startup exactly and people are like stoked oh you work at Snapchat oh my oh you work at Instagram like that's cool like there's so many people out there in the world that are you know going under the scenes and creating their own thing and the next thing you know when it is the next Instagram or Snapchat or the next Yogance or whatever it is like those are the people that are going to be held up on those pedestals now and they're actually I think it's it's almost like you mm-hmm. have to make it or fake it until you make it but at the same time like while you're faking it you're totally making it for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And and that's I think the hardest part because in the meantime of making it which I despise that phrase because the way we look at it is making it is like when someone goes, "Oh, you work at Snapchat, like you said, you mm-hmm. know, but that's not what's making it. Making it is you taking your life into your own hands, creating your own art, creating your own destiny, playing by your own rules. This to me is what making it. And you're right. It's that's the hard part, because like for Yogans, for example, I've been at this God now for like four years. And to be honest, like it's definitely not anywhere where I want it to be. A lot of people don't doesn't even know it exist, you know, mm-hmm. Um even though a lot of people are stealing it. <laughs> but um, I think that that's the, that's, that is how creativity works. Yeah. It's like when yeah. you create something, and unless you are like under a rock yeah. in the middle of nowhere where no one else has any contact with you, yeah. those ideas are literally vibrations. Mm-hmm. And people feel vibrations. Mm-hmm. So if you create something like that is out there in the mechacosm of all that is. Totally. Therefore, people are going to be inspired. People are going to be influenced. People are just going to be able to feel that vibration. And then, thus... Right, things will happen. Yeah. And it's almost like if they are stealing it, you kind of know you're on to something too, exactly. you know? Exactly. So it does give you that little, all right, well, maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't even know hey, how far we went. But. They say that the best form of a compliment is someone to copy what you're doing. They say. They do say. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that either. I think the best form of a compliment is to be inspired what I'm doing and recreate something of your own. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment for me. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that now that Yogans is what it is, how do you feel people are taking it? How are your your followers and the people who practice Yogans on the daily, how are they taking it? Because I know that Oof. you you just came out with your Cody app mm-hmm. and like there's been tons of amazing things that you're doing. How are people taking it? Okay, that's a good question. So there's two parts to that question. There's part one, which is the people that are actually taking it um, for real, like they're coming to my class every week. Mm-hmm. We're working because yoga and see when you create something, you know this. 
as an artist, there's an evolution to it. Mm -hmm. It is never going to be the same. And I think a, a real teacher, a good teacher, a good teacher and an exceptional artist continues to recreate and reinvent. They never stay in the one thing because they're always searching for something more, mm -hmm. right? One question is taking them to another. So my students, we've gone on this epic journey. I mean, it's insane. You come to my class, you'll see, like, we're dancing, we're screaming, we're crying, we're letting stuff out. It's literally a therapeutic session. Mm -hmm. So that is the part that I really love. The thing is, I don't record any of my classes, um, so no one really knows what happens behind those doors. And the reason that I don't do that is because I ask my students to be incredibly vulnerable. Yes. And I just don't believe that you can be, in, I, I can't do that as a teacher. Like, hey, be vulnerable. Let me film you and then put you up on YouTube. Exactly. Like, that's just not fair, you know? So no one knows what happens behind those doors. So my social media, all the things that you're seeing, even on Kodi app, which, you know, is again, restricted because it's not mine. It's another company, which I love and they're great. And they let me do their, you know, my thing. But again, it's not under my own rule. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram, which is a very, it's a great tool, but again, it's another tool to use. It's not the whole concept. It's not, oh, whatever it is. It's really, really difficult, I found, to explain something, a new concept, that you call yogans, that no one knows what it is, to those people because they're not fully experiencing it. They're yeah. experiencing it through a, some sort of media. Yeah, it's it's almost like like reading a book versus going to the teacher and having that experience right there with them. Exactly, and I'm like crazy personal. I, I like will teach to my students. I will come with a class that's completely unprepped and change it on you in two seconds. I know, and just to kind of tell our audience a little bit about that, I remember vividly the amazing class that you taught at the IG, um, the IG uh, Oh, the getaway. festival, yeah, IG yeah. Getaway, yeah. And it was so beautiful to, to walk in there with, you know, Aubrey, who's a great friend of mine, and John, and like all these, you know, people who you see on Instagram and who are really down-to-earth people. Yeah. And to watch the transformation of stripping away all of that ego yeah. and then really allowing us to get into that primal like vibration of being ourselves yeah it's a scary thing isn't it and you saw a lot of fear up in that a room a lot of fear but you, it's you interesting it. yeah and that was the the we most can. amazing thing is to watch that whole entire room transform yeah i love that man that stuff is magical that's what keeps me going mm -hmm. so i think that's what that's the hardest part is like i think that maybe people are afraid to come to my class because what they see on social media is very advanced i'll admit that and that's not what we do, you know? When you come to my class, we're going to play. Mm -hmm. We're going <laughs> to let go. We're going to play. We're going to scream. We're going we're gonna to do some crazy stuff, and it's going to feel good. That's awesome. Yeah. So what would you say defines yogans? How would you define it to someone who's never practiced it or perhaps has only seen your Instagram? Yes. Good question, Andrew. I mean, this is why I started my podcast. This I ask is amazing. good questions. You really do. <laughs> you really do. Thank you for asking that question because I think that's the, the biggest question I want to get across, the biggest answer. Yogans is a movement therapy. It's a movement meditation. So basically, we are using our bodies, which includes the voice and the breath boldly. Not ujjayi breath, but breath that you push out and you can hear in order to find who we really are without restrictions, rules, labels, or any of that she's. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So essentially, you are going back to your childhood. You're going back when you didn't care what people thought. <laughs> if you look like you know a drunk little child walking down the street, acting crazy, eating your lollipop or whatever, that's what we're going back to. I mean, some of the exercises I do in class are that. Like, like I turn off all the lights, I play some crazy music, and I'm like, you know, jump around the room really loose like a noodle. Now be really tight. Now let go. Drop like a fish. Now stand up. Like we just play, and I shout stuff up, and then we just do what we do. So it's really soul searching, much deeper. It starts with a warm-up, it moves into a yoga and sequence just to get into our bodies and understand how to use them safely so that we don't get hurt when we start to play. Mm -hmm. And then it turns into a freestyle, and a freestyle goes far. <laughs> Improvisational workshop, things of that nature. Wow. And then a meditation. So when you say that it's a movement therapy, what do you find is therapeutic about the art of yoga dance? 
I mean, becoming completely 100% aware of your body, mind, and soul, but not restricted by any rules, none. That is therapeutic because what happens is like, this is the thing, this is the thing. When people move and they're not natural movers and even dancer, even dancers that are super trained, right? They always go to the teacher, Mm-hmm. And they're like, but how? But why? What am I? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? I'm sure as a teacher you get questions like that all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, let's move really slowly, concentrating, focused, aware, and see. Why don't you tell me why you can't do the handstand? I want you to observe. I'll be there to watch you. I'll give you tips. I'll help you out when you need to. But first, I want you to try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because then slowly you're starting to understand. And what happens? Like if I had to go, if I don't know how to do a handstand, right? And I have to go, oh my God, how do I do a handstand? First, you're going to start. You're going to put your hands down. You're going to kick your legs up. And eventually, you're going to figure out something about this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next thing is you're going to go, what, am I, what do I need to engage What's happening? You're gonna search through your body. And at some point, you're gonna start getting into your mind because you're either gonna get really frustrated, you're gonna get really excited, you're gonna get really happy. Maybe you surprise yourself and you do it and you're like, wah! So now you're searching even deeper. You're searching into your mind. You see, and now you know so much more about yourself than you did before. Instead, I could have just told you how to do the handstand and you would have found nothing out about yourself. Mm -hmm. You would have just been, again, another slave in society walking around doing what people want you to do. And that is yogans. I'm asking you to figure it out on your own and I will be there to support and guide you and love you through it. It's that simple. I'm not gonna hold your hand and I'm not gonna babysit you, but when you need me, I'll be there. Wow. I love that concept because it really reminds me of the way that teachers like, say, Iyengar mm-hmm. or teachers like Patabi Joyce would teach their students mm-hmm. is that you have a practice, mm-hmm. you have a guideline but then you practice based upon what's best for you. Right. And then by observation, the teacher comes by and will give you tips. Right. Or will give you an adjustment. Or will come by and say, okay, this is how I'm going to help you in this position, and you should try this one next. Right. And if what that little tip doesn't work for you, I want you to explore a little further and tell me what does. Mm. You know? And let's observe that. Let's see if that works. See, his life... The thing is, when you get out into the real world, right, outside of that yoga or dance studio or whatever you're doing, you're going to have to face all that stuff. And you know what? You're not going to have your little yoga mat to lean on and you're not going to have your little teacher to lean on or your babysitter or whatever it is. You're going to have to make decisions all the time. You're making decisions all the time. And so what I, as my, as a teacher, as an educator, as a guide, I'm just trying to help you to make decisions that are right for you versus doing what I'm telling you to do. I think there's too much of that in the world and it's boring. Mm-hmm. It's boring and it's old and I'm tired of it. And so I refuse to be constricted by rules and labels. And I refuse to do that to my students. Definitely. So for our listeners right now who are listening to this, who perhaps are afraid to go outside of the box, mm. who who you know may have never even gone outside of their studio to go to another class of another person because they've heard, oh, that teacher gives bad adjustments or, oh, that teacher will push you too hard or, oh, their yoga isn't really called yoga. Oh, that's so, that's unfortunate. That to me is really important. And this is the thing. When I hear you say that, what I hear is, I am not responsible for myself. Right. I'm just telling I'm putting it all on the teachers. I'm making all these freaking excuses. Right. Well, that teacher gives bad adjustments. So so you completely give up complete responsibility of self. Like you can't make a decision and go, hey, they're giving me that adjustment, but it's not right for my body. So I'm not going to do it. How about that? But I can still be in this room and there's something to learn. There's something to learn that's outside of my comfort zone. I'm testing myself. If you always are doing the same thing over and over and over again, you're the same person over and over again. And to me, life is about evolving, you know, as an artist. Oh my God, I have to evolve. I have no choice. It's like instilled inside of me. I go crazy if if my every day is exactly the same. What do you have to learn? What's the point of being in this world? Mm -hmm. That's just really how I believe that. And so I say, why not 
step out of the comfort zone. Why not go try a class? Why not eat something different than you've eaten before? You know, why not go outside and scream and dance and see what that evokes in you? It might surprise you. It might feel damn good Mm -hmm. or it might not. And that's even exciting. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, what does that mean? Why do I feel like that? You know, a lot of times in my class when we'll do the freestyle and the new people come and ask them to scream and dance like crazy, the new people are like terrified. (laughs) (laughs) They're terrified. It's confronting. Of course. But they always leave in tears coming Mm -hmm. up to me and they always say, thank you. Thank you so much. And they go, I can't, I don't know why I can't stop crying. And I go, you can't stop crying because something new has been evoked in you. And this is, look, I get chills. It's freaking exciting. Mm -hmm. That's called life. You want to talk about being aware and conscious? Boom, there it is. (laughs) You ain't going to become aware and conscious doing Warrior 3 5,000 times exactly the same way in exactly the same space with exactly the same teacher. You're always just going to be in your safe zone. It's boring. Truth. Truth. So what would you say is a tip for those people who are in their safe zone and for whatever reason find it fearful to move out of that safe zone? Baby steps. Little steps at a time. So for you, a baby step might literally be Instead of waking up and turning and flipping onto my right side, I'm going to turn and flip onto my left. And eventually those little choices will become bigger choices and bigger choices. And all of a sudden you'll find yourself flying high, trying all sorts of different things. That's what I would say. Either you do baby steps or you go full on blast, you know, like go bungee jumping, go skydiving and feel that vibrancy in you again and be like, oh, here I am. And also know that you are worth more. You are worth more. I think a lot of people stay in that safe place because I think that's what they think they're worth. They don't think they're capable of doing anything else. You know, I get so many people that go, hey, Tamara, is your class um, beginner? I go, my class is is nothing. It has no level because if you want to be here, you're going to make it work. You're going to figure out a way around it. There are no levels in life. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, I don't go to a restaurant, order food and go, hey, is that... um, is that sushi level one or level two? You know, like, I don't know. I just freaking order the sushi and I eat it. And then I decide if I like it or not, if it works for me, if my body enjoys it, if that's what my ethical value is or whatever all those questions are. But live a little. Let's live a little. Let's try stuff, you know? Totally. Let's just do it. Hmm. You live once. I like the idea of stepping outside the boundary in the sense of just little baby steps. Or go full throttle. I'm a full throttle kind of girl. Me too. (laughs) I feel fear and I go, whoa, hold up. Is that fear? Let's go. Mm -hmm. You know, fear is super exciting. Fear tests you. Fear is there as a test. It's not there to run away from. Fear is there to go, oh, snap, really? Let me challenge you. Let me see what you got. You know, I think people are afraid of emotions and they're afraid of confronting emotions, but the emotions are there to be confronted. They are there to make you better and to test you. And that's all we're doing. That's all we're doing every day in my class. That's all I'm doing every day in life. And that's all I ever promote. I will never tell you what to do. I will always just encourage you to try. That's the way. That's it. That's the way. So with that being said, I I must ask you, what do you feel is the evolution of Yogantz? Because we, we understand what it is now. Do you feel like there ever will be a structure um, or perhaps a certification process in the sense of you teaching other people how to administer or how to mm-hmm. you know bring that experience to other groups around the world? Because I'm sure that or I already know it's spreading mm-hmm. and I already know that people are really finding it to be beneficial for their lives. So how do you evolve with that evolution of Yogantz? Okay. I hate the word structure, so no, there will never be structure. <laughs> I think the moment... System? <laughs> I think the moment you structure something is the moment that you halt yourself and limit yourself, and I just refuse to do that. And if that's ever where Yogantz or my artistry or me as a human gets, then I'm done. I'll switch to a completely other career. I'll become a chef. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> there's nothing left to learn. There's nothing left to teach. It's boring. So, no, there will never be a structure. The other thing is teacher training. So many people ask me to do teacher training. I won't do a teacher training, but what I will do is next year, actually, I'm going to do a mentorship, so an intensive mentorship program. And this is the thing. 
I don't believe, and this is my personal opinion, I don't believe that you learn to be a teacher through a book or a course or a 200-hour course. Being a teacher is a lifetime of work. It's continuous. And I think being a teacher is a calling. I do. I was not ready to be a teacher when I was 20 years old, you know? And now at 40, I can't, like, it makes me cry. I can't imagine not teaching. I can't imagine not inspiring in some way. So it kind of, this is so politically incorrect, so prepare. I'm ready. It kind of, teacher trainings piss me off a little bit because I think that they're a way to make money. And I think that's really sad because what we're doing is we're spreading around irresponsibility. We're spreading around teachers teaching people that are coming. I mean, why do people go to yoga class? They go to yoga class because they're lost. They're looking for guidance of some way. And here we go, we have a person who's never moved or explored their body before until they got in a yoga class that was really exciting and they go, oh, I wanna become a teacher. And they take a 200 hour teacher training and all of a sudden that person that has been looking to be guided comes into that person's class and they get hurt or they get injured or that person says the wrong thing and destroys them. This is a therapy session. Every class that I have is a therapy session and I take it with responsibility. So I refuse, I refuse to do a teacher training where I'm just teaching someone out of a book. But what I can do is know that every human being has something to say. Every human being has something to teach. There is no doubt about that in my freaking mind. All I can do is guide your journey to be the teacher that you are if you want to be a teacher. And so that's what my intensive would do. We'll play with questions. We'll play with body, thought, mind, breath. We'll play, play, play. I will ask you 50,000 billion questions. And hopefully at the end of the intensive you go, do I have something to teach? Do I want to teach? Do I have a voice? What do I want to teach? And how will I teach it? And that is my teacher training. None of this, I copy you, you're my God, Tamara, I praise you, I bow to you, I'm gonna pay you a billion dollars to do what you do. That doesn't roll with me. And I know that might seem harsh, but, but that's what I believe. I, I find that to be a very evolved perspective. And I think that more and more now, our community needs that mm -hmm. because um, although we'd like to not think of it this way, but yoga has definitely become a big business. Huge. And the truth of the matter is that people who are business people are taking advantage of yogis. That's right, Andrew. And so huge that I've wanted to teach at yoga studios. And you know, the first question I get is how many followers do I have? Hmm. And I go, no, thank you. Don't want to teach there. And I find this to be consistently true. And so if you tell me that these yoga studios have not become a business, you're wrong. And not all. There are some really good ones out there that I've taught at that I've been like, thank you for, you know, for just for real, spreading a little love, mm -hmm. you know, and being open-minded too. Because what I teach is not, it's, it's yoga. To me, it's yoga. Because yoga, for me, is just, you know, connecting, union, yoking, binding, yeah, breath, finding, breath. Movement. That's it exploration, awareness, consciousness, right? But how many times have I been told that what I teach is in yoga? Billions, billions of times. We can't put that in our yoga studio, that's not yoga. What kind of yoga studio are you then? I don't get it. So you know what, I always teach at dance studios because the dancers have an open mind and they go, oh, you wanna teach that? Sure, we don't know what it is, but we'll let you teach it. Mm -hmm. And that saddens me, that saddens me because what I teach is yoga and I'm just bringing a new perspective to it. And we should all be open to hearing new perspectives. Isn't that what it's all about? Yeah, yoga is union. And the whole purpose of yoga is to bring forth the union of all, right? The Clearly practice said. of bringing it all together so that we can consciously evolve in our environment. That's right, non-judgment, acceptance. Let's see where this takes us, you know? And I have not, in my journey, I have not found that to be true, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I feel that just like any other um, culture, mm -hmm. there's always going to be someone who paves the way as a leader mm. to present something that's different. And although that leader may not become the most 
liked leader, <laughs> they're still That's, a leader. Yeah, yeah. And as long as there are people who are receiving value from mm-hmm. what you're teaching, then you are a success. Thank you. Thank and you for saying I, that. I truly, that's the reason that you're on this podcast today is because I find value in what you teach. Thank you. And I find value in the beauty that you're sharing and teaching people to love themselves. Yeah. That's really all it is. That's all it is. That's all I'm trying to do. You know, like I had someone say to me on Instagram the other day, like, because I posted, I don't remember what I posted, but they said something to the effect that I was just looking for followers. And I was like, <sighs> Do you know how hard it is to do what I do? Like, I make no money doing this yet. It is all out of the love of my freaking heart because I believe in people so profoundly that I can't help to give, you know? Sorry, I cry when I think of this because that's how much I love what I do. And when she said that, it really hurt me. And all I could think was like, let's be real. If I wanted followers, I know how to get them as a woman, a flexible woman. I put on a freaking bikini. I do a flexible pose. I make sure that my ass is really seen. I mean, I'm being legitly honest that's here. That's the truth. And it's it's sad that that's the way that this world is, but this is the way that... This is the way the world is. So mm-hmm. I clearly am not doing this for any other reason than I believe in empowering people. I think that people are freaking magnificent. And it sh- I get so mad when they don't even realize how incredible they are and the other thing that I've learned as a teacher that's really really incredible is that sometimes I'll just give one little thing of like wow you got an insanely beautiful practice today and boom that person comes alive you know one little thing that I say that just is nothing it's like what a beautiful smile what a beautiful movement it's like empowering in such a way that they just go and they float off on their own and that's all they needed from me that's it That's all I'm trying to do. And so in the future, what I would love to go back to your other question of what I see the future of yoga as being like my biggest, biggest, most epic point would be to have a convention. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be amazing to have under one roof all sorts of parties going on, like rooms with different kinds of music and people (laughs) just jamming to them and completely dark, right? There's no light anywhere, maybe some, some colors, some fun sparkles all over the place. And then you have some rooms where you have therapists and people can just sneak in there and kind of get their little, you know, say their questions, hear themselves speak. Then you have some rooms where it's just a recorder and you can hear yourself speak and it records back to you. And then you have other rooms where you can just paint. You can throw paint all over the wall and not pretty painting, you know, like you're you're dumping buckets of paint all over the wall. You have another, you know what I mean? So there's all these different forms of art where you're just exploring, but it's all with no rules and no labels. That's it. In fact, none of us have names in this world. We just walk around and say, hey, what's up? How are you? (laughs) Hey, what's up? How are you? And we don't have to tell anybody about anything about us. We just roam around and we're free. That would be my Yogyans convention dream. That's a beautiful dream. Wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) I would go. Like a weekend? I would totally be there. (sighs) You can sleep wherever you want. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) I'd sleep and paint one day. Yeah. Hmm. Wake up with a disease on your body. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're there with an allergy. You have to go to the hospital. But I mean, how fun would that be? <laughs> that is so great. So that would be the the epic dream of Yogans. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Ah, uh, so I. I just love the the ideas that you're presenting here, and we could go on for an, at least another hour. We probably will. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you to leave our listeners with three golden nuggets, three beautiful lessons that perhaps have been presented to you that have helped you on your path. Ooh, that's a big one. Okay, number one. Stop listening to everything the world tells you and start listening to yourself. You know all the answers are deep inside of you. You just got to believe them. So like I always say, be you to full. Be beautiful. Always be you, first and foremost. Secondly, I think stop making excuses. That's my big one this month. That's been my big one. If you listen to yourself talk, really hear how many excuses you say daily about the smallest little things. If you exclude excuses and victimization from your world, you will grow. You will surprise yourself. And lastly, know that you are completely 100% limitless. 
You can be anything, do anything that you ever desire. And this is a big one. It can change at any point in time. You owe nothing to anyone. Just live free. That's it. Wow. That is amazing. And I believe that our Yoga Revealed listeners are so much more empowered with your advice, with your vulnerability, and with your absolute essence of being. I truly appreciate you for taking the time to be here on the Yoga Revealed podcast. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks, everyone, for listening to all that. <laughs> taking the time to listen to that. I really I really do appreciate it. Totally. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who are looking to find a class near them, what's the best way to find you? So, yogans.com, Y-O-G-A-N-C-E. Um, I try to put it up there as much as possible. I also teach in Los Angeles at um, a dance studio called Movement Lifestyle in North Hollywood, California. Um, but really, what I really want is to be teaching all over the world. And um, thus far, no one has really hit me up very much. I did a European tour, which I self-funded, but I would love to make my way around if people will have me. So if you want to invite me to your studio to teach or to talk or whatever, or just to dance, you can um, email me at info at yogans.com. Definitely. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Andrew. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. You can learn more about Kachira and her upcoming workshops and classes worldwide at her site, yogans.com. That's Y-O-G-A-N-C-E dot com. Catch daily Yogans inspiration from the ridiculously talented Tamara at her Instagram name, Kachira. That's C-U-C-H-I-R-A. For more information, visit yogarevealed.com and check out other episodes that we've done with awesome, inspiring yogis from all around the world. Until next time, yogis, live light, shine bright. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.